Welcome to part two of this out-of-line discussion with Matthew Schuler. Um, so was YouTube your first social media channel? No, MySpace. Oh, I mean, is that what you mean? Oh, dang like, girl. Yep. I had a buddy profile. AOL Instant Messenger. I had a buddy profile. Hells yeah. AIM, baby, all the way. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know, even like during that time, I played RuneScape. Like that was a social network for me. I had RuneScape friends. Oh my gosh. I think one of my brothers was into that. I'm going to ask him. I can't remember. Oh yeah. So, okay. So that was your first social media channel kind of, and then MySpace Mm -hmm. and then YouTube. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Twitter and then Instagram. Yeah. It it was, um, it's (laughs) funny because if you go to my extremely old videos, you've always had description sections in YouTube but they're constantly being filled with different stuff depending on what time of life it is. So back in 2007, what I would put there is completely different from now. Like my MySpace links were the first thing, you know. So, yeah, is um, like I had MySpace and then, well, let's see. Hold on. MySpace, YouTube. Um, a stickam. Okay, I, I won't even go into like the old <laughs> ones that don't that don't even exist anymore. I don't even know what that is, but I'm I'm ready to listen. God, okay, stickam was popular the same like it became popular the same time YouTube was becoming popular. 2006, 2007, it was it was dying in 2008 for some reason. Skype came along. Skype replaced stickam in some way. Um. Stickam was a video chat website where people could make like chat groups and you'd all have your webcam going. And so much like Google Hangouts, um, but in a kind of an archaic, laggy, pixelated way. <laughs> that is gold. gold so gold. that's where all of the original YouTubers used to have like fun conversations with each other and would hang out. Oh my gosh. Okay, so is you do you consider YouTube social media or is social media a different is social media more like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube is separate from that? Oh no, I consider YouTube social media. Mm. Is is the etiquette the same? Is the etiquette the same for YouTube and other channels or is there is there like a whole different set of unwritten rules for YouTubers? A lot of it is like, okay, if you are going to have, if you're going to collaborate with someone, you have to put their like link in the sidebar or the under area of the video. I'm so old school. I'm like, yeah, put it in the sidebar. It's not on the side anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a thing that we'd always used to say, be like links in the sidebar. <laughs> and then everyone would point to the right side of the screen and that was where the links would be. So is became a funny thing to say when you're like with other YouTubers and you're like, ah, oh, let's take a picture together. Oh my God. Links in the sidebar. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> like never happens anymore. It's a different world. Um, but that was a big thing. And I, when I posted a video, I always like to comment back to everybody who was commenting. I <laughs> was in a good situation where it was manageable. I could try to comment, comment back to 
200, 300 comments and it'd be fine. Um, a lot of people, most people on YouTube do not do that. And that is, that is totally fine. A lot of people will read through their comments, but you know, it's, that's a lot of time to take to comment back and write those responses. And, um, I think viewers understand and are cool with that and kind of makes it a little bit of a novelty. If you don't comment back to every single person, I found that out <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> I was like, Oh, more people comment when I don't comment back to every single person. Okay. So yeah, I shouldn't comment back to every single person because then more people will comment thinking like, Oh, maybe he'll comment back to me. And wow, this is weird to think about <laughs> getting inside of the heads of viewers. It's just wow. like, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, that's weird. Um, are two birds nice to each other? If like, if you're a creator, well, is everyone yeah. like nice to each other or is it kind of like, ew, blah, blah, blah. Both. Okay. Um, I think YouTubers, the cre like, oh, there's such like a tiered system, like a tiered level of popularity. And I've always felt this ever since like the first YouTube gathering that I've been to Northwest YouTube or Northwest YouTube gathering 2007. Yes. Represent or 2008. What was it? Oh my God. I'm so old. Uh, <laughs> you're real. You're not, you're fine. No, we held the first the first ever Northwest YouTube gathering in the Northwest United States and 2008 at Rocking and Bullwinkles in Portland. Wow. Yeah. And there were 11 year olds, 12 year olds. there. <laughs> I was only like 16. So it was fine. And yeah. And then there was like 18 and 19 year olds and it was, it was interesting. Um, but anyway, so there, there's a little bit of a tiered system in YouTube with popularity. Um, the more subscribers that you have, the more popular you are. And you, it's like a popularity system. The popular people talk with the popular people and the less popular people talk with the less popular people. Yeah. And it was a little bit difficult to jump tiers. Um, and I always felt very lucky to be caught in a conversation with someone who had a significantly higher number of subscribers than me. And, um, a lot of times when, especially just starting out on YouTube, every person that you're talking to who has whatever number of subscribers, that number of subscribers are potential subscribers to your channel. So you want to be nice and make friends and, um, yeah, it's like the birthplace of collaboration amongst social media people yeah. and people do this all the time on Instagram now. So it's, I don't know. It's interesting to think like some of the stuff that I witnessed happening in the early years of YouTube set the base for what is happening on all other social media platforms of posting content, um, like video and photo. Yeah, that's, um, I feel like that's kind of the case in the Instagram world where like people who have a K all can talk and it's fine. And then, but then if someone all of a sudden has an M, then it's like, oh, they're different. They're like next level. And like, if you want to collaborate with them, mm. yeah, not, not a chance kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. So it's kind of like the cast system of social media. Yeah, it is. Um, 
And I, it just maybe comes from this belief that higher wealth, higher numbers uh, sets your value. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, I mean, like, you know, not to, not to burst anyone's bubble, but like, I would tend to say that we're all human, so we might all be equal, but that's just, <laughs> yeah. some people put more value on other lives than others. And that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So, it is. Fascinating. Is there anything you wish you hadn't revealed online in your 10 years online? Oh, it's like should have, would have, could have kind of thing for me. I, I have often thought about what if I had not shared that I was gay in such a public space. Uh, because when I did that, it kind of exploded my world in a way. It went from nobody knowing for sure to the next day, everybody being a hundred percent positive of knowing who I am and going from just that start difference to, you know, it was pretty shaky. It was weird. Um, yeah, people knew who I was uh, on my university campus after that. Um, there were some newspapers who wrote articles on me and my situation. I was going to a private Christian university in central Seattle who had a statement against homosexuality. Oh, wow. And I was working for the university as uh, a resident advisor. And because of this, it was a huge conflict. Like, what are we going to do with this openly gay resident advisor who's now obtained notice from the press and has this YouTube channel, has publicly stated this, people know, like, his background and his university and, like, what are we going to do? And it made it a really awkward position for the university because they're like, we have this statement on homosexuality, like, our donors aren't going to like this. How are we going to balance this out? Um, long story short, they ended up keeping me as an employee, and it, it ended up being okay. Um, and they changed some stuff with their statements on sexuality and how that related with the workspace and things like that. Wow. Um, which is awesome to yeah, think about. That is awesome. And, like, those changes that were made. But, um, yeah, it just – caused a lot of blowback from people that I knew in my life who may have not have been fully informed before I went public about it. Um, and just going public in such an abrupt way. Yeah. And now I feel like sometimes uh, people orient me and think that's all who I am. And I want to be like, Hey, there's other parts of my life that are important and I know sexuality is extremely important and I like am all for equal rights, like fighting for that. And I want to stand up for myself and, and work for those things, but I don't want it to be everything of who I am. And so I, I wish I could post a higher variety of stuff on the internet without having repercussions of some people being like, Hey, you need to post about LGBT stuff. And I've had some people say that like, 
if I've posted something on YouTube that isn't strictly LGBT related, I've gotten comments where people are like, wow, I wish you would post just LGBT stuff or more LGBT content. I didn't follow you for this. And it's like, whoa, if you would have been back here at the origin of my channel when I was singing Spice Girls and like, you know, like, hey. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's kind of like, hey, get back in your box. Like we, we want you and we want you to be like only this brand or like we want you to only talk about this one thing. Um, that's so interesting that they're like, they don't, they don't want you to talk about anything else. Wow. What year did you, um, did you come out online? 2013. Okay. And did your parent, did your family know you were going to be posting the video? They did. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to them. No, it was a surprise that I wanted to post one. They didn't really want me to post a video like that. And they were concerned that there would be repercussions for coming out in such a public way. Um, but I told them I felt like I knew a lot of my, my followers were, um, struggling with sexuality and many had reached out to me already to address things and talk about stuff. And, uh, I felt like I had a responsibility to be open and honest and to tell my story and yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I did. I'm really glad I did. Like, I wouldn't take it back. Um, but just from your previous question, thinking back of like, oh, what if this, what if that? Um, it would just be nice to be able to post a higher variety of content of just whatever I want to post without feeling like I'm letting people down by not just talking about LGBT, LGBT issues. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's an interesting one. Um, do you, do you see yourself staying on for another 10 plus, you know, like, are you going to, are you in it? Are you going to stay on it and evolve with it and continue to post your evolution in a public? (laughs) Uh, I've taken a step back from a lot of my social media just to try to experience life more outside of the computer, outside of the internet. And I really do just enjoy experiencing life on the outside and not having to worry about the numbers game or anything like that. And there's something freeing in that for me. Um, I definitely want to keep it a part of my life. And so now I just consider myself like an occasional YouTuber. Like I'm going to post when I feel like it, when I want to, I'm not listening to the branding or anything like that. I just want to post whatever I want to post online. Instagram's a little bit different because it's tied with my wedding photography. And I, yeah, I feel required to post my work on there. Obviously people want to see it. (laughs) They're going to hire me. So I have to maintain that. And then while at the same time, I'm trying to keep an equal balance between posting wedding stuff on my Instagram and Facebook while at the same time posting enough personal stuff for those who are following me from YouTube to be like, Hey, no, I'm still here. Hey, yeah, there's a person here. <laughs> it's not just funny stuff. So it's a really weird mix mm. of, and trying to balance all of that out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be, there's a lot of channels there to juggle. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
So, um, so as you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty into cat footwear. And one of the reasons that, um, I love working with them is that we both really value taking risks and, um, and being bold when it comes to creativity. So, um, so one of the things that I was thinking about you in terms of your being boldness is kind of even what you were talking about with, with your sexuality and, um, you know, like you've, you said that some of your followers kind of say, t- go back to talking about, um, LGBT stuff. So right. when you're creating content, how much or how little do you consider your sexuality, um, when you're making something new? Is it a part of your creative process to be like, I want to make sure to involve it or I want to make sure to not involve it? Um, or do you just kind of like not think about it and let it flow? I feel like I think about my sexuality every time I'm making a video. Um, before I came out, I thought about it every time I was posting something on the internet, like, Oh, I hope I don't sound gay in this or, Oh, I need to make sure that I'm not giving people the, this idea. And after I came out, now I'm just hyper aware of like, oh, what's my topic? What's my point of making this video? What's my lesson? What am I, you know, what am I going to tell people <laughs> this big grandiose way? <laughs> okay. Okay. So you almost have like your, um, like what's your gold nugget that you want people to walk away with? Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it, and that usually involves your sexuality in one way or another. I, not no it doesn't involve my sexuality and every video but i'm hyper aware of if this video is going to address sexuality in some way or if i'm going to keep it completely separate and i'm trying to like establish that and not confuse people you know cool try to yeah yeah i love it i love it um what's your favorite self-care activity how do you oh. relax uh, I read this question when you sent it to me. I immediately thought, make brownies and watch Harry Potter movies. <laughs> My favorite self-care activity. Absolutely. 100%. Oh my gosh. How often do you do that? Too much. <laughs> no, but not enough, actually. <laughs> I need to do it so much more. Oh my gosh. Every time I've, yeah, every time I've gone through a hard time in life, I'm just like, I need to watch Harry Potter right now. I need to put it in. It's my happy place. And then the brownies just go so well with everything. It just tastes so good. And so gooey. You have to have that. Yeah. You have to have it. Um, do you have all the movies memorized, like, like obsessively? No, I don't have the movies memorized. I don't have time for that. I'm not going to memorize the movies. I just watch them and act like it's my first time watching it ever every time I see it. <laughs> Does Michael like them? Yeah, he doesn't like him as much as me. He needs to work on that. <laughs> That's so funny because, no, I mean, I've only seen the movies and I've read the first two books. And what? That's it. I know. I know. I'm very broken. I know. But here's I'm the ashamed. thing. I have, um, I have like a little bit of trauma related to them because when the very, very first book came out, I don't know what year that was, but it was a long time ago. 1999. Okay, there you go. Or 98. Dang. Okay, so I would have been like, I don't know, 12. It was a long time ago. And um, 
I was reading it because my grandpa got it for me and my dad took it away because it was like back then in like the, everyone was like, what is this? What is this series going to be? Is it teaching children to be witches? Um, And he took it away. And I think I got weird like trauma from it because I was so sad because I was loving the book so much. And he was like, you can't read that and took it away from me. And so I think that there's something weird about about it when I go to watch it or when I go to read it, that it's still, I think my brain was still getting like hardwired. And so I think I have this weird, like, Oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Um, oh, so maybe I just okay. need like hypnotherapy to undo that. <laughs> <laughs> or you just need to eat brownies every time you pop the movie in. <laughs> are they, are these special brownies that you're making or are these normal <laughs> brownies? They're just normal brownies. I'm in Nebraska. It's not, <laughs> It's not special brownie friendly it's here. It's not Portland. No, it's not. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh my gosh, amazing. Um, okay, last question. One of my faves. It's a weirder one. What is something that you have in common with every single human? We all have a Facebook. We don't. No, <laughs> I'm like, hang on a second. No, fake. False. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Not everyone has a Facebook. <laughs> oh, now I'm like getting into my headspace and everything's weird. Do it. Oh, have in common with every single human ever. I would say that we all love a good story. And yeah, I think I think humans are driven by good stories and they love listening to good stories and thinking about storylines in their mind. Um, I'm actually getting tied up with Legend of Zelda game right now. The new one out on the Nintendo switch. And I'm like, just enthralled with it. And so my mind is constantly just thinking about, this storyline and other storylines and even Harry Potter, like that storyline is just so big in my mind. And like, I just think about it a lot. And I think I would like to think that other humans are as interested in stories as I am. (laughs) But I think you're onto something there. Um, And I love that because no one said that answer yet. So, and so far there's never been even a crossover in the answers of that question. Cause that's one of the only questions that I ask everyone. And I love that. And even just kind of a way to, um, distract yourself from your own life. If things are difficult, like watching Harry Potter for self care. Um, that's something oh, yeah. that I think is stories are there to, inspire us like everybody watches movies well not everybody around the world but most people that have access to movies watch movies at some point and that's because of story so i love that answer thanks thank you yeah that makes me happy (laughs) yeah no i love it that's good it makes me happy too um is there anything else you want to add before we are done zoe don't forget to like comment and subscribe (laughs) I love Post video response. <laughs> Share. Credits on the right. Wait, what was it? Did they just read it? <laughs> Links in the sidebar. Oh, geez. Links in the sidebar. Oh, jeez. I totally ruined it.
You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?